to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for mid-February. We're right past Valentine's Day. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Rise of the Tomb Raider. And uh, my name is Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Soul Calibur 2. McMaster, do you know why we're playing this song? Okay, so if I had to guess... Yeah, it's going to be way too remote. You'll never get it, but go ahead. Flame in the Flood Oh, a sailing point. Well, it's not say. Well, actually, can you put a sail on your little raft? I know you can put a motor on it. I don't know, actually. Yeah, I don't think it ever sails. So, nice try, McMaster. You're close. <laughs> this is our Horror February podcast. <laughs> now, I know this song, not because I'm hip to music or anything. I don't even know if this is popular. Oh. I first heard this song, McMaster, on a video of a guy who is base jumping, and he's got, like, the GoPro cameras on his helmet, and I think he has one on his mm. shoulder or whatever. And he base jumps and screws it up. Uh, he pops up in a chute. He's doing it down a cliff. He pops up in a chute when he's facing the wrong way, and he swings right into the cliff. And oh, I've seen that video, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he survived. He, he like, uh, fractured a vertebra and had to get stitches and, I think, broken arm or something. But it's horrifying to watch. Uh, it's not good. Yeah, because it plays in <laughs> slow motion as he's basically tumbling along the side of this cliff, uh, and it screws the shoot up, and he basically, you know, he plummets to the ground very ungracefully, and that's not hmm. played. <laughs> so that's for our our horror February. Yes. Master, why is this our horror February uh, episode? This was actually your idea. Because, uh, like, there's a lot of horror games right now for some reason that we have not talked about, uh, you know. And mostly they're kind of just, like, coming out all of a sudden. Yeah. So. It's kind of weird. Like, somebody's like, eh, there's a bunch of stuff that didn't quite make October. Let's hold it. And then, well, right. it comes out February. Although, the one we'll open with, uh, this came out a while ago last year, and it just got a Dune Buggy expansion. Uh, yep. Master, tell us about that and uh, what you've been doing in that game. Ah, Dying Light. Um, well, you know, there's the big Dune Buggy expansion. Uh, Actually, but I, like, I wouldn't know, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, the expansion is called The Following, mm -hmm. and uh, it adds a, a really large area uh, that you can you, – you get these Dune Buggies, and you can, like, outfit them with weapons and, like, upgrade them and stuff, and you drive through hordes of zombies, and you – you uh, you know, it, it's like Dying Light, except it's just like in a big, open kind of farmland area. It remind it sounds Carmageddon-ish. It is kind of. I could, yeah, actually, you do. You take damage as you go through the zombies and stuff. So I mean, you have to, you know, repair and upgrade your stuff. So. And I want to play this. I really wish I could play this. Well, if you weren't so lame. I know, right? Well, it's okay. Here's the deal. <laughs> I went through several stages. First of all, uh. I had a hard. I don't know what your deal was, but I had a hard time figuring out how to import my save. Um, yeah, it was tough because it came up and asked me if I wanted to, and I said okay. Yeah, it didn't do that for me. I <laughs> think, you know, if it did it for me, I ignored it and was like, "I'll get back to you later." Dialog box and just hit no, and then eventually it came up. I, so I imported my save, um, and then I was running around. I couldn't find how to get to the dune buggy area. So how did you do that? Why did why I couldn't figure it out? What what how did you figure it out? Well, I loaded a game and like right when it loaded, um, 
it comes up with like this dude having a fever or something and like thrashing around in his bed and uh he gives you some like quest to go uh you know to the place and it kind of like warps you to like the uh outskirts and you go over there or does it warp you no it might not i can't remember if i had to run to it or if it warped me i didn't get anything like this well i think i know why mr level two but anyway um no, it's not what you think. It's because um, you have to choose the following from the main menu. Like the main menu has the core game or the following. You oh. oh so because I was playing the, the core game thinking, okay, let me get reacquainted with the controls and then I'll go drive dune buggies around. I got reacquainted with the controls and that took a while. Uh, and I couldn't figure out any way to get to dune buggies because I was I, I, I should have backed up to the main menu booted up the dune buggy mode, imported my save into that, and played there. Like, who knew they were going to put a whole separate entry on the main menu, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is probably... Probably, they, they stuck one in on you, you know? Well, you managed it's not... to figure it out, so... Well, that's, you know... So I did, uh, I went, I had not played Dying Light in a while. Whose idea was it, McMaster, to put jump on R1, kick on L1, and to make X your eagle vision. How am I supposed to remember all that? It, yeah, the layout is a little weird. Um, it, it works once you get used to it, but it is it's, it is it is a little strange. Because um, you have to jump a lot. Like that's your jump oh, yeah. button is basically your parkour button as well. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So you, uh, yeah, yeah. You do have to jump constantly. You have to hold that button down to climb up on stuff and uh, things like that. So it is a little weird. I mean, I got used to it, but it it is unusual. Here's another tip, McMaster. Uh, right. If you want to like swing a wrench or a pipe or a knife at a zombie, uh, R two. Oh, okay. Wow, that's a good tip. Because normally R2, like, shoots a gun. Like, you've got a gun, and that gets, you know, R2 pulls the trigger. But if you want to melee, it's like, you know, the circle button or something. The circle yeah. button in this game doesn't melee. You circle button, crouch. Yes. So if you're, like, going toe-to-toe with a zombie, and you press the circle button, it's just going to have an easier way of biting into your brain. Yeah, and in square, like, they use... Yeah, exactly. That should be yeah. reload, by the way. Right, yeah. It, it is a little strange, but I think that's triangle or something. But, uh, oh, yeah, so, yeah. No, yeah, right. Tri- triangle? Maybe. Uh, triangle repair. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yep, yep. So I'm yep, fighting, but... I'm fighting. I want to switch weapons, right? I hit triangle. Yeah. Whoops, no. Now I'm putting duct tape on my, my pipe. Way to go, man. Yeah. yeah. It's another great way to get your head bit. Yeah, well, yeah, it is pretty easy to uh, get killed in that game. Um, so here's what I figured would help me reacquaint uh, myself with the, zo- the art of zombie fighting. Right. In the add-on, or at some point with DLC, they added a horde mode where you go someplace and you just fight a bunch of zombies. It's called something like Bozo Horde Mode or whatever. You look at a poster in your main base... The poster says, hey, it's Bozo Horde Mode. Do you want to do this? I figured, yeah, that's a great way to relearn how to fight zombies. I go to Bozo Horde Mode. You're in a little lobby. You get now, the, bo- the Bozak Horde. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. That's what I just said. Right, right. right. Yeah. Uh, you go to uh, – you get in a lobby. You get in an elevator, and it takes you to a parking garage, and then you're fighting. And you get a little like, hey, kill two of these guys. Now kill four of these guys. 
Now pick up this machete and kill six of these guys. It's like a progression of challenges. By the mm -hmm. way, if you do all these, McMaster, you apparently get a bow and arrow. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I've, I've had enough of that in, in Rise of the Tomb Raider, by the way. I've been doing no. a lot of bow and arrow. You know what, McMaster? I'm really good at archery now. Oh, uh, I mean, not to toot your own horn, obviously. Right, right, yeah. That's yeah. That's that's that wasn't a humble brag. That's a straight up brag. On that oh right, that, that, that's that's not even a brag. It's a fact. You know, you know that like, thing that the the Robin Hood fox does in the archery contest, where where the guy in front of him mm -hmm. hits the bow, the the uh, the bullseye, and then he splits the dude's arrow and hits the bullseye right. even more. I yeah, like uh, and he's dressed as a stork too at that point. But anyway, what? Wise? Oh, I guess his disguise, so that uh, right, right, Sheriff yeah. Nottingham doesn't get wise to him, right? Yeah, he can get a kiss from Maid Marian that way. Well, I could show up, by the way, and then bullseye his, and then split his bullseye-splitting arrow, mm. and then I'd get the kiss from Maid Marian. I'm that good at archery, McMaster. I believe you. So, here I am in Bozo Horde mode, thinking, yeah, I'm going to figure this out, I'm going to get a bow and arrow, and then I'm going to go basically beat the game, because I'm overpowered once you give me a bow and arrow, because of all my training in Tomb Raider. Oh, obviously. However, it's, you know, it's not, the combat isn't easy. Until I get my bow and arrow... Working with a knife, a, a pipe, monkey wrench, that kind of thing, not that easy. Because you don't have unlimited stamina, by the way. This isn't like oh, no. the last episode of Walking Dead where everybody's like, hey, we're just going to kill all the zombies because we're really mad. Yeah. We have infinite stamina. That's what they had last week. In, in, in there's Walking nothing – yeah, no, there's nothing like rage zombie slaying. Yeah. Exactly. So I didn't get that particular potion or whatever it was that they take in that, in that TV show. So – I had a hard time killing zombies. I was like, okay, well, I'm not ready for Bozo Horde mode. Let me get out of here. I'm going to go do co-op with uh, my good friend Jason McMaster. Here's the thing about Bozo Horde mode. It looks to me like you can't get out of it until you beat it. <laughs> so I'm stuck in Bozo Horde mode, and you're driving dune buggies around instead of helping me in Bozo Horde mode. Uh, <laughs> So what it does is you, you like, uh, the zombies kill you, you go back to the lobby, and you start again. The zombies kill you, you go back to the lobby, you start again. <laughs> i gotta, I got to get out of this crazy cycle. I'm going to hit, like, um, like you can hit the pause menu, and it's like, hey, do you want to quit Bozo Horde mode? And I'm like, yes, thank God, finally. Quit Bozo Horde mode, I'm back in the lobby. The only thing I can do is get back on the stupid elevator and start Bozo Horde mode again. <laughs> So, McMaster, for a while, I thought that I would not be able to play Dying Light until I beat Bozo Horde Mode and got my bow and arrow. Uh, you were no help, by the way, because I was, like, frantically emailing you. You were off running around, like, driving. Well, I, I had no over. idea what the hell you were talking about. Like, yeah, how do I get out of Bozo Horde Mode? And you wouldn't help me. You wouldn't answer this. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, plus you're busy, like, joyriding and stuff. Oh, well, I'm stuck in a lobby with an elevator. Oh, it was it was pretty fab. You even get like special driving skills, right? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. You get level ups, experience, all sorts of stuff. Uh, what what level are you in Dune Buggies? Only like two or three, I think. Oh, that's too bad because I'm like level four or five in everything except Dune Buggies, which I haven't done yet. Um, so I eventually Googled this. I was like, how do you get out of Bozo Horde mode? This didn't seem to be a popular topic on the internet. It, there weren't a lot of hits. Like, it's sort of like somehow everybody but me knew how to get out of Bozo Horde mode. Do you know the, Did I tell you the answer, by the way? Um, don't you just, like, walk out a door or something? Well, you make it sound like people would know that. But, yeah, you walk out a door. Instead of getting in the elevator, you walk through the door to exit. 
I didn't know that. See. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> in my defense, you have to stand in front of the door, and then it says the little, uh, you know, hey, press X to exit. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For, if you stand back, it just looks like a fake door, unless you, like, walk up and basically put your nose up against it. That's kind of the thing about this game, is it's, like, really hard to tell which is a door that will open and which is a door that will not. I wonder if I'd used my eagle vision. Like, would it have showed that it was an interactable door? I don't know. That's another thing, too, is when I was relearning the game, I forgot about eagle vision. So, you know, there are so many, like, toolboxes and crates and stuff Mm -hmm. that I must have passed and not remembered that I could open and find things like string and duct tape and, and electronics and whatnot. So I think yeah. I'm the crafting curve, I think. Yeah, uh, I kind of forgot about that at first, too. Uh, it's easy to do. Is there uh, any crafting stuff with the dune buggies? Can you craft, like, new dune buggy wheels or anything? Uh, Yeah, like, there's a whole, like, workshop and stuff. Oh, with this sounds really cool. Oh, it's great. <laughs> well, so I finally got out of Bozo Horde mode and thought, okay, now I can join McMaster. I, I like, loaded up. The, I went to the main menu where you can choose, hey, Dying Light or the following, which is what the add-on is called. I chose the following, and it says to me, not in these exact words, but this is its tone. I can tell by its tone of voice. This is what it's saying. It says to me, uh, dude, you probably want to get your survival skill to level 12 before you do this, and yours is only level 5. So you should probably come back in seven levels. I don't know. It's just to be safe. So I've got seven levels of survival skill to grind, McMaster, and then I'm going to be right there with you uh, in a in a dune buggy. So, like, how how do you only have a level five? Well, you start at level zero, and then you get one, and then you get two, then you get three, then you get four, then you get to where I am, which is five. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I just I thought you played it more than that for some reason. I, I did not play it a lot when it first came out. I was uh, I had other stuff on my plate. I forgot. Yeah, like that that was um, I was probably playing the crew or some damn thing. Some lame shit. <laughs> no, the, that, you're talking about Tom Chick's <laughs> number one game of of the year, the crew, aka. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can drive a lot more than dune buggies in the crew. By the way, um, are there different cars in in? The dune buggy mode, or just the one? I don't think so. I haven't seen any yet, but I but I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll say you know the thing about that game that's kind of interesting to me is how graphically nice it is. Yeah. Um, well, even but, without me being in dune buggy mode, just being in the city. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But like out in the uh, out in the open and stuff, it's uh it's it's really nice looking. Uh, they get a lot of freaking zombies too. So. Well, they obviously, I imagine, can't do. Because there's so much geometry in the city oh, yeah. stuff. It's it's like Fallout 4, where I'm, I'm amazed that they they were able to get you into these urban areas. Because you start out in just scrubland. And right. Like, okay, this is all the engine can do. I'll get to the city, and it's going to be like a New Vegas thing where it gets chopped up. But no, Fallout 4 gives you lots of like intricate geometry. Dying Light starts that way. Like, you're in this crazy, elaborate slum. <laughs> so I imagine to drive around in a dune buggy, they've got to get rid of some of that detail just to maintain a frame rate um and to make it oh. more fun to drive around in too like how, how much fun would it be to drive the dune buggy in in the the streets of the slum 
where there's really no room to maneuver, right? Yeah, that would be great. You just like drive like a hundred miles per hour for like a hundred feet right. and then <laughs> crash to a wall. Very then... brief drag racing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the thing too, I guess. Without all that geometry in the city, too, they they have a lot. They have do have some, you know, um, rendering power that they can use on zombies as well, which is nice. Um, one of the one of the earlier missions uh, that's pretty cool is you um, you have to go restore water to this uh, settlement and uh, it has you like start it up and then the pipe is going to burst and you have to like get in the dune buggy and like race along the pipe to find out where it's going to break and like you know go and shut this switch off at like the last second so there's a lot of like really interesting like kind of fast paced dune buggy stuff in it so what you're saying McMaster is you've been doing some plumbing work in dying oh uh, that's I mean it's what I excel at <laughs> well alright so don't don't like if I if I get into Dune Buggy mode, can you basically what's called twink me? You know, probably because you could probably stay in the Dune Buggy. Or I mean, uh, do, do I get XP? Like if I just like stay in the Dune Buggy and listen to the radio and maybe do crossword puzzles or something. Or you, you could drive it because really you're not getting hit. The Dune Buggy is. Ah, okay. Maybe so, I'll do that. Uh, but you know what? Yeah. I'd rather, no, I, you know, what, can you do the driving? Because I, you know, I might want to read or something. Uh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, you can catch up on some of the awesome magazines in The Dying Light. Uh, if this was Dead Rising, those magazines would count, by the way. If this was Fallout 4, they would as well. That's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dying Light doesn't have reading technology built in just yet. You know, uh, Fallout had a, a pretty interesting patch for the consoles. Um, what? Don't try to get me playing Fallout 4 again, but what is the patch? Go ahead, try. Uh, it upped the amount of stuff on the screen um, and the view distance. So it's uh, it actually looks better. Uh, oh, did you see about the DLC coming out? Something about a boat, and then you have to pay for mods, and then some other damn thing, right? I That's not what I got from it exactly. I mean, wait, a harbor? <laughs> in, wait, there's yeah, a harbor? Yeah. In Maine, yeah. So. And then you pay for mods, and then there's something unannounced. Am I close? Is that better? There's stuff that's unannounced. They're upping the season pass cost, and but if you can buy it before the end of the month, it's still what it was. And yeah, I don't remember the mod stuff. I didn't really read, but I'm sure you will pay for them. Yeah. Unlike you, I played on the um, on the PC. Right, right. Which you probably won't have to pay for mods there. And, and right, and plus I don't had I didn't need any patch to extend my draw distance or add more detail on the screen. I already had it. They did add a thing where if you highlight a settler, it tells you what they're doing. Finally. Oh, my yeah. God. How did they not have that from the get-go? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they didn't do more because right now it's just like if you highlight them, it shows you the symbol of what they're assigned to as well as, you know, it shows the glowing of whatever it is that they're using. So, like, you could do that, but I'm surprised there's not, like, a menu you know, or something like that. It's almost that. like they didn't care about that mode. That whole survivor settlement thing. Well, it's strange because like that's the I think that's the first DLC. It, no, it's the second DLC. Oh, that adds to the settlement stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, why uh, didn't you tell me? The second one does. The first DLC is actually kind of cool too. Supposedly, it's the one that's going to be like this: the machinist or something. I guess Christian Bale like releases like tons of robots or androids or something, and if you kill them, you can take their parts and make your own robot follower. Oh, uh, I already have one, and his name is Nick Va Valentine. What do I care? 
But yeah, oh, that's the cool thing I think about the bar. Well, it's called Far Harbor, but you know, there's a place in Maine called Bar Harbor. So I'm wondering if that's just a play. Uh, but um, is that you get a case from the Valentine Detective Agency to go up there? So I was like, oh, well, that's better. Can I bring Kate with me? That's all I really care about. I'm sure you can. All right, that's all I need. Unless yeah, you kill her. All right, dying light, McMaster. Let's yes. now talk about. Uh, I finished. You did not finish. I don't know if you gave up on it or what. Uh, oh. Layers of fear. Did it scare no. you too much? Uh, it has got a lot of. It's got a lot of kind of creepy stuff going on in it for sure. Like the sound effect thing, you know. Like and jump scares. It does jump scares. It does jump scares. Um, uh, Sarah said it's like uh, it's like PT, except not as infuriating. It's like ET. PT. Oh, PT, right. Yeah, yeah no, it's not like E.T. Jesus Christ. That would be the best description of a game ever. Like e. Just like E.T. But not as infuriating. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so Sarah being your wife, she uh, she got all the way through it. Like, she was into yep. it, right? Yeah, yeah, she she liked it. Um, and uh, you – so I, what you're basically saying is that the jump scares were too much for you. you, you oh, I laid down on the floor and cried. Right, yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, I was not a fan of it at all because partly because I had just played an, an amazing horror game called Soma, uh, which I just can't say enough good stuff about that. Uh, that was also from last year. I was super late mm-hmm. to the party on that one. So going from Soma to Layers of Fear, which I, does does Sarah like? Maybe I should get her on this podcast. Can she explain to me like what if there's any story or what the story is? Or did uh, you get a sense of that? If you like, I can put her on. I don't. Is there? Is she available? Yeah, hold, hold on a okay, second. Okay, go get. Yeah, go. We're gonna go uh, get. We're gonna talk. On. Yeah. All right, here she is. All right. So, all right. Talk, talk to you about Hello, Tom Chick. Sarah McMaster, you are <laughs> just the person I want to talk to. Well, what can I do for you, my friend? I understand that you got all the way through layers of fear. I did. As did I, and. Once I was done, I was none the wiser as to what, if anything, had happened or what this was about or who the painter guy was. Or So those listening, we're, Sarah is going to spoil as much as she can about Layers <laughs> of Fear because I'm curious. Did you get any sense for like a story or what happened or why this was going on? Well, see, this was my kind of game because I'm that person that goes through everything in every game and, like, loots every drawer and tries to find as much hidden stuff as possible. There's a lot of drawers. There's a lot of caches. There is. There's drawers. Yeah. So many drawers. Um, So the key to to this game, I think, is finding all these little clues in, in, like, hidden spots throughout um, that kind of allude to the story. Because you can go through, and it's basically a hub in a studio with the easel. And from there, there are six, uh, I guess, not adventures, or they're called chapters or something like that. Mm-hmm, they and are. And each one ends when you get a particular doodad, like a trophy <laughs> or something. And that has a little bit of information. But if you, like me, just get those trophies and you're done, and you maybe find one or two other little hidden things, like all I knew is there's a painter and he's married and he has a baby and he freaks out about something or other. That is all I could tell you about. Oh, okay. Well, you you clearly missed out on a lot of story because it it develops uh, something wound up happening to the wife. 
Oh, I did get that, by the way. Okay, okay. And and the husband, the, the artist, um, kind of loses his mind a little bit and uh, alienates her and uh, thing. And then I think one of them, and you can't really tell which, started getting a little murderous. So someone got murdered. That's what I was thinking too. Oh, clearly, yes. Someone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does he kill? This is terrible. But does he kill the baby? I don't know if he kills the baby. It's never really clearly defined. At least not in my experience with the game. Okay, so he went crazy. She got hurt or something, and she got burned in a fire. So she wasn't beautiful anymore. Mm-hmm. How did we know about a fire? There are clues that allude to it. There, there, there are little like uh, drawings that the artist made that he like scatters around the house, uh, and when he picks them up, it triggers a flashback uh, that tells you what was going on at the time that he made the doodle. Uh, so I, I found something that had, you know, I picked it up and it, it triggered this flashback of him, you know, receiving a phone call. Oh my God, what hospital is she in? You know, I'll be right there. What do you mean her face isn't fixable? You know, that kind of thing. So basically, she's like Deadpool, or I, I don't know if this is a spoiler, <laughs> but she gets disfigured, he freaks uh-huh. out, yeah. um, and then we're supposed to be in his state of mind or whatever, like this is, mm-hmm. okay. And I do know, there, there are allusions to, and you can't miss these, because they're right there in your face when the, game, when the game begins, but he is basically freaked out, and he's not doing regular artwork. Like, he's doing things that the people who are paying him don't mm-hmm. want. They're like, dude, this is too weird, this is too dark. Yeah, this is amateurish. He he wound he went from being like this great classical artist to just like you know uh, spitting out tabloid covers. Right. Well, and I, you do find like in his office, there's a big painting over behind his desk, very right. prominently placed, called something like Baby Dog Face or whatever. <laughs> something uh, like that. Because it is. It's a baby with like a dog it face. And it's yeah, it's weird it's and like disturbing. A werewolf boy. You know what? I, it made me think of. I don't know if you watch the Super Bowl. Uh, baby puppy monkey. Oh my god! Somebody just showed me that yesterday, and it made me instantly furious. Well, it should, it, it should, it'll make you insane too if you watch it too much. Like it, baby puppy monkey will definitely turn you into the guy in layers of fear if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it, no more than two exposures to that commercial. Exactly. Right. Right. Tops. Okay. Well, so, so overall, then, what is your assessment? How did you feel about layers of fear? Thumbs up? Thumbs down? How did? Oh, how well did it work for you? Thumbs up. I it, it was a little short, but um, it has a lot of I think replay value mm-hmm. because I, I found that I didn't find as many of the little hidden tidbits as as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you can definitely go back and maybe open different doors and, and go through different um, iterations of the game. And now Which you, I, I think is really neat. You, you know, I did – I think McMaster made this clear. I had him have you indirectly help me in a place that was stuck. <laughs> he texted me when I was at work. <laughs> yeah, because I was emailing him like, no, tell me now. I must ask her now. Did uh, it help? Did my did my suggestion help? Well, do you remember what – so the, the way for me to get past the part where I was stuck was to just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Like I thought I was supposed to figure out – timing or i was supposed to like open doors to match some pattern nope i'm just supposed to pick the same thing up over and over again <laughs> yes and i think the simplicity of it is what was uh so brilliant in that puzzle <laughs> and that also because i like, yeah. you looking for clues and, and things like that that you're supposed to do but no you just do this little repetitive action and yeah. done yeah i was definitely overthinking it yeah that, that was my... right, <laughs> it's so easy to do sarah mcmaster i have a, a, a question for you yes sir have you played soma I have I have Soma and I have not gotten into it yet. Oh, Sarah McMaster plays Soma. Soma <laughs> is so good. I loved I Soma. 
Uh, I, I, my attention span is only limited to like four games at a time, and three of them are, are ones that I like play in constant rotation. So, oh, so and, if you get a free slot, uh, do you know <laughs> what do you know about Soma? By the way, if anything, I, I know it's spoopy. <laughs> that's about it. Okay, good. So don't know anything else. I, yeah, that's my tip to you. Next time you get one of those four slots open, uh, play Soma. Yeah. You got it. So. I will do so. All right. Thank you so much for clarifying this. That that did help uh, a fair bit. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, very good. Have a wonderful evening. Here is my darling husband. Thank you, Sierra Master. Yellow. Man, why? I sh- sh- that was a big – like I've – she knew all kinds of stuff I didn't know, McMaster. Well, yeah, she always does that to me too. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's Layers of Fear. Uh, let's now talk about a game called Soul Axiom. Oh, yes. What does that name say to you, McMaster? That says I was possibly made by Capcom in the 90s. Is that Soul Calibur? Uh, I don't Soul know. No, it just makes me think of... Capcom for some reason, or Japan in general. It does sound like a Japanese name for something where they, yes. where in Japanese maybe it made sense. The American translation kind of falls apart. That's not the case though, by the way. And actually, maybe a third of the way into the game, the the specific soul axiom, like it's an axiom about souls, is explained. Huh. Um, well, well, there you have it. Yeah, so it's not a nonsense title, just so you know. Uh, soul axiom, axiom is a spiritual heir to a game called Master Reboot. That oh, one, I don't know if that's ever explained what the Master Reboot is. I, I didn't play it. That um, old chestnut. Yeah. Uh, in Soul Axiom, it's it's kind of like... Uh, it, it sort of starts off like... I want to say The Witness, but not really The Witness, in that you're in these this little self-contained world. It turns out to be a hub, and you move around, and you move to different parts of the world, and you solve puzzles, some of which are easier than others, all of which are very thematic. Uh, Unlike The Witness, there's a cyber reality motif going on, like you're in a Tron world at first. That gets mixed up a fair bit, Um, but it reminded me very much of The Witness in these small, charming places, and you have to figure out the rules of these places. None of them, by the way, involve tracing a line through a maze. You don't do any of that, as as far as I know. Uh, but it's just the right amount of puzzle solving and vividly themed miniature worlds for me. Uh, moderately horror elements. Layers of Fear has about 50 jump scares by the time you're done. You're basically numb to jump scares. So far in maybe the first half of Soul Axiom, there have been two jump scares. I felt like they were earned fair and square, uh, and they were very effective. Um, so moderately horrorish. More sort of sci-fi. The conceit is that your soul or your your consciousness is inside some sort of cyber reality. Hmm. And you have to figure out, wait, how did I get here? What am I doing? Who am I? All of that stuff. Uh, And the clues come together as you go around in different worlds. Um, So, for instance, I'll solve one. I'll tell you about one world. Uh, This is early on. You go into these little teleport gates, and they take Mm -hmm. you to new worlds. You go into one teleport gate. And you're on the beach of a little bitty island, which makes me think that's partly what made me think of The Witness, makes me think of Mist. And on this island, you find a boat that is broken down. And there's a, a sheet of paper by the boat, which which has four pieces that the boat needs. And you're like, okay, 
I got to find the motor, the propeller, the steering wheel, and a crank to turn the throttle. So exploring this island, and none of these like it's it's that simple a puzzle is you just explore the island. There's a cool lighthouse on it. Uh, you find these four pieces lying around, super easy to find, super visible. None of them are like hidden in cabinets or anything. Actually, one of them's in a drawer, but the drawer's already open. Uh, and you, you, once you put this boat together, you see that across the way there's an island, and you need to put the boat pieces to go to the island. And over there, you can see like a shipwreck, and you can see these, these pipeworks on one end of it. There's a big old cave on, 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 in the middle of it. So you know there's stuff you have to do over there. So, McMaster, if you're like me, you're like, well, you know, fuck the boat puzzle. Pardon my, my French. Don't tell Sarah I said that. I, I won't. God, no. What I meant to say is forget the boat puzzle. I'm just going to swim over there. Sure. So you get in the water. You start swimming. There's a little sign, by the way, that has a picture of a shark. But, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You swim over. You get out a little ways in the water. You're like, oh, this is easy. I didn't have to do the boat puzzle. And what do you think happens, McMaster? Just take a guess. <clears throat> you have to do the boat puzzle? Yeah, but guess what? Like, why couldn't I swim? Guess what happened? What stopped me from swimming over to the other island? A giant monster ate you? It's a shark. It wasn't that giant. Yeah, okay, cool. I, I got eaten. The classic. And when you get eaten, by the way, it goes uh, – because you're in – like you're in some sort of – your soul's in some sort of computer, a screen flashes up that has the name of the the virus security thing in the computer, and then it resets you back to the island. Um, huh. So it's that kind of thing. Once you get the boat together, you go over to the island. There's some cool puzzles over there. Um, I'm in the second of three hubs. Each hub has multiple storylines. And then at the next hub, each of those storylines is furthered. I'm assuming at the top hub, they they come together. Uh, And the puzzles are getting a little harder. So, McMaster, I might be having you message Sarah or text her or whatever just with questions about some puzzles, because she's way smarter than me at this. I might need her to solve some of these. <laughs> just send pictures. Yeah, yeah, I'll just take screenshots, say, hey, Sarah, what would you do here? And she'd be like, oh, do A, B, and C, and I'm set. Well, there you go, yeah. No problems. Yeah. So I I, I don't know if – I think Witness McMaster might have given me a minor appetite for what would conventionally be called adventure games. Like games you, with cool worlds with interesting puzzles. I didn't think you liked Witness. Oh, I didn't. Well, I like. Uh, I, I liked. I liked the idea of witness. I just the the puzzles, the pointlessness of the puzzles sort of wore me down by the time it was over. But I spent yeah. a lot of time running around this little island and figuring out different rules and how they fit together and the physics of the world and the laws. Um, so maybe it's a Stockholm syndrome thing where I just kind of yeah. want to do more of that. Um, Could be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I heard Mist is a, a delightful game. You know how many times I've beat Mist probably three or four times because there have been like there have been re-releases of Mist for like the PC with updated graphics. Or now there's <laughs> dear God, man, why? There are voice works <laughs> on the iPad. Come on, Mist is a classic. It's like playing it's like playing Doom again. Remember, <laughs> 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 name the two sequels to Mist. Mm, uh, I can. Uh, is it? I know Riven's one of them, but... Oh, is it um, only one? You know what? Because I can't think of a third. I thought there was a third. Mist 2? <laughs> you might be right. Electric Mistaloo. Uh, I've even played Riven. Have you played Riven? Have you beat Riven? No, no. Well, I didn't beat yeah. Mist, man. I barely played the game. Do you want me to spoil what happens at the end of Mist? Sure. All right, so at the end of Mist, you get... Uh... You know what? I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> I couldn't help. 
What happens at the end of it? Yeah, who knows? I couldn't even tell you the, the beginning of Mist is you just fall out of the sky into the world. I kind of, I think I've seen that much. Yeah. And in the end, uh, something about, you know, Robin Miller and Rand Miller, the guys who made Mist, they're the mm-hmm. actors in the game too, I think. Oh, God. So <laughs> one of them does something to the other and there's a plot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, has it got better voice acting than Layers of Fear? Cause that... <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yeah, that poor guy in Layers of Fear. Yeah. That's another thing is like after – like Soma doesn't have great voice acting, but it has extensive voice acting. You kind of get to know the characters. Um, yeah. Layers of Fear, ugh. Yeah, that voice acting is pretty rough. Well, I do like the game, but it, it, it is uh, it is pretty rough. And, and Rise of the Tomb Raider, by the way, which I've also been playing, and I hate the story. The story is terrible in Rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> uh, I love the actress, who does, Camilla Ludington, who does uh, Laura Croft. Yeah, yeah, she's good. Great voice acting in there. And even a lot of the ancillary characters are good, even if you know they're having to read dopey lines from a stupid script. But you know, it's good voice acting. I like that. So, yeah. That guy, and it's just the one guy in Layers of Fear, by the way. He's the only voice acting, and I don't know why they got him. Um, <laughs> odd choice. Yeah, he's probably just one of the guys that wrote it or something. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 yeah. So speaking of voice acting, Master, uh, I love the guy who narrates Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, yeah, actually I do too. It's, it's pretty entertaining. Super, like... Uh, it's not Vincent Price, but definitely like, oh, this is a guy who should narrate a horror movie. Or, uh, yeah, I love that guy. Uh, all right, how far have you made it into Darkest Dungeon? How do you feel about that game? Uh, I've made it a ways. Um, I actually, uh, I like it, but it is, um, it's one of those games that's almost, uh, it's almost kind of exhausting to me. Uh, in a lot a way. of grinding. There's a lot of grinding in it. Right. Um, that's kind of like my problem with you know a bunch of like the like kind of games like that is that it's like I I don't know I, I'm still looking for for something that's just like a great quick turn you know kind of turnaround game but like that's certainly not it it's like you have to sit there and go through tons of stuff and you have to like you know just let tons of guys die and I don't know just kind of it's real. Real kind of a drag for me in a way. And it does. I've lost – I get to the point where I lose high level for me. I mean I've never – I think they go up to level five. I've never gotten anyone beyond level three. But I lose my level three characters, and I'm right back where I started kind of. And it's super demoralizing. Right, and that's kind of like you know a lot of people like that or whatever, yeah. how hard it is. But for me, it's kind of like irritating uh, because it's like, okay, well, I'm starting to understand this game and I'm starting to get down to like where I can you know, get these guys going and stuff. And then you just start kind of <clears throat> not being able to heal their you know, whatever right. fast enough and you just lose them. And, and it's kind a huge of, money sink, by the way. Like resources you would spend huge else, money elsewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you have to spend on just keeping your guys useful. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, it's like, and that's kind of what bums me out about that game because it's like I, I want to enjoy it. It's like one of the coolest looking games. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like really attractive. That art style is just right up my alley. Uh, and you know, I still play it. It's still fun. But uh, you know, I mean, if I'm going to play a game that requires that kind of strategy on or, or, or that kind of thing on Steam, I, I would rather play something like the uh, renowned Explorers. Yes, you thank know, you, Master. Or, yeah. or something like that. That's just kind of. I don't know. 
it's not as long term of an investment, and you can go through a bit of it and just kind of set it aside for a while. Um, I, I don't know. Just there's so many games out there that like scratch that itch. That, I, I, I think so, Renowned Explorers is like that's one that I whenever I'm playing like a a narrative character based game that I'm finding discouraging. I tend to think, oh, just forget this, I want to go play Renowned Explorers. Um, yeah. But to be fair, the pull of Darkest Dungeon is is that that RPG character development and having to make oh, yeah. tough choices about uh, party combinatorial, like, like which characters go on which quest, uh, who do you level up, who do you invest in getting them better equipment, who gets this right. trinket or that trinket. Um, super intricate decisions like that. Uh, and then they, they come to play in a relatively intricate turn-based combat system as well which which i actually enjoy the combat and i even enjoy exploring the dungeons it's just the actual like character management that i yeah. loathe so <laughs> i i saw someone post uh on, on our forums a quarter to three uh and i i regret that i don't remember who did this uh someone made a comment about darkest dungeon where i was like oh yeah he basically said because there's so much grinding in this game because you so often have to send low-level guys through dungeons to level them up, or send higher-level guys through long dungeons where you do the camping stuff and, uh, and and you're playing a dungeon even longer, one of the huge drags in this game is that you run out of inventory space for what you can bring home from an expedition. So you're having mm. to like throw away, oh, these sapphires are only worth this much, let me throw that out, or... Oh, right. do I have enough deeds? Uh, do I really need these? Or, oh, can I afford to get rid of my herbal medicine? Um, and this guy said if you just lifted that inventory limit where everything you found in a dungeon you could take home, the grinding might feel a little less tedious. Huh. And I, I kind of thought, oh, yeah, that is a point. Because when you go on the longer expedition, actually even the shorter expeditions, you run out of room, mm-hmm. and at that point you might as well be done, other than I guess the experience your guy's going to get. Right, and you know, you, yeah, uh, and you have to take stuff with you. I mean you just have right, right, to. Right, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, do, you, do you know yeah. about McMaster when you find like a crypt or an old tree yeah. or something that you can use one of your items to ensure a beneficial uh, – loot table roll from that item. Mm. Do you know about this? I hadn't seen that. I know there's a ton of stuff that, you know, you have to take to unlock and, like, Jimmy stuff and all uh-huh. that jazz. But... Well, Master, let me blow your mind. So, if you find something and it's, it's a lot of trial and error or, as I like to call it, cheating, looking up <laughs> on the internet, uh, each item has a specific, or each, I think they're called curios on the map. Each curio, which is like a treasure chest or something, has a mm-hmm. specific inventory item that if you drag it into the slot rather than just choose open or don't open, then it ensures you're going to get a positive outcome from that item. So, for instance, oh. here's an example. If you find a, a rack of blades that's something and you can open it and there's going to be a loot table roll, maybe you'll get some gold in there or maybe one of your characters will take damage because he, he or she cuts himself. If you then drag bandages into that invent- into that rack of blades interaction dialog box, you are guaranteed a positive loot roll on that thing. Every really? single item in this game has something like that. But you first have to figure out, oh, rack of blades gets bandages. Mm. Old tree gets medicinal herbs. Uh, sure. Spider webs 
gets, uh, I don't know, anatomy. Oh, some, some. Yeah, and some of them kind of make sense. Some of them are kind of a stretch. Uh, but yeah. Apparently, that's a, a key to maximizing the efficiency of your dungeon <laughs> runs, of your grinding. Oh, wow. So, there you go. That's my tip for you today. Yeah, you know, I want to spend some more time in the game. It's not like I completely hate it. It's just, man, that grind is a bummer. Uh, and and plus, it, it yeah, I I'm with you in that. I, I've been playing a lot of XCOM two, and I kind of feel like <laughs> I think I'd rather just do that than Darkest Dungeon at this point. Right, and that's kind of like yeah, like that's that's kind of how I feel about it too. It's like if I'm gonna grind, uh, I might as well grind and stuff, and I'm having a good time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, right. And I do want to play XCOM too. I just haven't gotten around to it. There's been a lot of stuff coming out. I know. Well, this is horror February, McMaster. So. Yeah. XCOM 2, arguably horror because sectoids take you Arguably, over, yeah. And then they yeah. do horrible things. It's horrific. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And sci-fi horror, sure. I can see that. But yeah. Speaking of games where horrific things happen to you, McMaster, how often do you die in a game called The Flame in the Flood? It is not hard to die. Yes. Um... And that's kind of like I think that's just the feature, though. You know what I mean? It's like that's, it's uh, first of all for anybody who doesn't know what the Flame of the Flood is, it's a uh, it's like a survival game. So it's uh, akin to Don't Starve or um, Minecraft, maybe, and not Minecraft. No, don't. I mean, uh, Minecraft's awesome, but anyway, uh, shut up, Tom. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the president of the Minecraft Haters Club. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I know you are. Uh, but the uh, yeah, it, it's a survival game, and but the thing about it is, it's like a very disarmingly kind of cute survival game. And I want to say real quick because I think this is an important distinction. When you start, don't starve. It's 2D, but you literally have. Uh, what, what, what do you call it when there's height and width? Like you're on a plane, you can explore in any direction. Oh. Right, right, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's all around you. It's kind of open world, it's free. You're at a loss, like, okay, do I go to the upper left? Yeah. Do I go straight down? Do I just work in a certain expanding circle? How right. do I unfold this world? Oh, look, here's a forest, I'm going to follow it. Suddenly I've made a, a, a long line to the southeast, and there's all this other territory. One of the, for me, cool things that the Flame in the Flood does yeah. is it creates this, the, the conceit is that you're on a raft going down a river. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't. I would normally use this as a criticism, but it's linear in yeah. the sense that you're going down this river and you pass uh, little areas, little arenas where you can scavenge and do different things and heal up or whatever uh, in a linear progression. And, and it's random what you pass, but you're you're you don't have to choose. Do I go left? Do I go right? You go where the river takes you. Um, right. And I love that it, about it. It is cool because it also gives the – it's really clever design uh, <clears throat> because it gives them the opportunity to create like this framework, and then from that framework, they could just kind of plug in uh, randomized uh, pre-created areas, yeah. uh, which is also nice because I, I like like when you – in the game, when you like, come up to an area, 
that has uh, – it, it tells you what odds it has of having stuff in it. Like right. it'll say like, yo, this is probably going to be light on supplies. You'll be able to find rags here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. Uh, but each of those little areas, you know, you get different um, you know, different ones each time you go down the river. And, of course, you could you miss some of them. Oh, um, I hate that. I hate that. Oh, so bad, yeah. That's, that's the drawback of a river is it's a, yeah. it's a current. The current is going to take you a certain way. And you have, yeah. you have limited control over your raft. You have like a stamina bar, yeah. and you can hit like space to paddle, uh, but you only get like three. Well, you get three until it hits the end, and then it won't recharge. It's almost like that classic gamer game trick where it's like if you run your stamina bar out, it takes longer to recharge than if you stop. I did and not then, realize that. Oh, like yeah. basically take a paddle or two and then let it recharge. Don't don't well, exhaust yourself. I it's it's still easy to miss the stuff doing that yeah. though. Um, but it is easier that way. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's cool that you can you know that it, it, it uh, that that it gives you that kind of framework to go through all those little areas. But it's also interesting that it's incredibly deadly. <laughs> it's not afraid but, to punish you. No, no, I've been, I've drowned. There's no doubt. <laughs> I have drowned. I have starved to death. I oh, this okay. is a, ironically on a river. I have died of thirst. Yeah, because you have to have a filter uh, for the water in the river water, um, or yeah, or you have to find a well or something. But yeah, it's or you easy. just have to suck it up and drink it and deal with whatever disease you get. We have the dysentery or whatever the yeah. hell you're gonna end up with, right? Um, have you seen the disease screen though? Like, have you looked at the screen where it tells you the maladies that are afflicting you? No, I don't think I have actually. So when you get hurt, there's a little uh, like a red attention spiky message that, that's over your yeah. character portrait. Yeah, and it it's you know you lose health and stuff while it's up there. Right? Yeah, and it's yeah. telling you like this is a laceration. This is uh, you being right. hungry. This is the dysentery. Right. On your inventory screen, where you look at your inventory, where you do the crafting, a lot of crafting in this game. Yes. Uh, there's a maladies screen, and when you call it up. It lists each of those maladies aff- afflicting you, which you can see on the main screen anyway. St- screen anyway. But there's right. also a bar that fills up, which I think is how long the malady is going to last. Um, oh, nice. Further, and if you click on the bar, by the way, it then tells you about the malady and tells you exactly what you need to cure it. Oh, God. I feel like a dumbass. It's uh, super helpful. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds like it. Uh, so, like, if you if – you dr- Desperate to, for water, and you drink some sort of gross well water that gives you dysentery. You click on that, and it says you need penicillin. And then you look on the little crafting thing. How do I make penicillin? Oh, good lord, I haven't even found these components. There's no way I'm going to make penicillin. Uh, so it's always very clear about what you need to address what situation. Uh, and I really like that. Um, right, yeah, and that's uh, something I like about it, too, is that uh, the recipe book tells you pretty much exactly what you need for everything. Um, yeah, there's none of this Minecraft. Oh, I got to keep a wiki open in the other page. <laughs> Minecraft's a little. Uh, it's in there. Uh, there's, there's a lot of recipes in that game. Um, but yeah, the uh, the and I, I I like the way the game works too. It's got a simple logic to it. Um, you know, they've they've been releasing these cute little videos that are a little gory, of course, because that's the whole you know thing. It's like, oh, it's cute, but it's dangerous. Uh, but uh, you know, there's some of the fun stuff like uh, like if you uh, capture a rabbit alive, 
and there's a wolf, you could throw a rabbit at a wolf, and then you could set up a, a snare trap – not a snare, but a, uh, a spike trap. Spear trap. Spear trap that the rabbit can run under, but the wolf can't. So you can still save the rabbit's life. I thought that was kind of funny. Because I was thinking, too, like – because I died several times. You run into a wolf early on. You're murdered, yeah. Yeah, well, you, what it tells you is, hey, you can wave your hands at it, and that might scare it away a little bit. For like literally, a second. Yeah, it'll take one jump backwards, yeah. and uh, So basically it's telling you, uh, yeah, you can flail helplessly before you die. Right. But I, I kept thinking, well, I guess at some point I'm going to research a sword or something. Yeah, it's not quite like that. Like, you've got to use trickery. No. And right. I had no idea until I watched that video that, oh, you can use traps to kill the wolf. You can, like... Right. Yeah. And, you know, too, it's like you... There's, I mean, there's that, but I think there is stuff. Like, I think you could make, like, a bow, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did, definitely, yeah. There might be weapons later you could use against the wolf. But there is a bow and certainly arrow. not early. Certainly yeah. not early. It's stuff that you can, you, you know, you have to pretty much 100% focus on not dying. What's the most elaborate thing you have built in the flame in the flood? Jeez, I don't know. Um, I think I built a trap. Oh, but, Oh. oh, you know what? I probably built a trap. I've also built. What do you think of this for uh, super advanced McMaster? I have built a stone hammer. Oh my gosh! Jealous? I am a little jealous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I, not sure what I did with it, or what, if anything, I could do with it. Uh, but I had a uh, stone hammer. Yeah, I made like I made like a knife. I made something else, and I was like, I don't know what these do, but it is great to have them. And then I drowned. So right. I uh, can actually tell you what what they do is they go into a uh, I saw belt. like a little tool belt, right, right? Yeah, like yellow colored tool belt. Exactly. I guess. Do you have to use them, or I wonder if, it, or does it just like uh, enable? That's what I wonder too. It, it enables things in the crafting menu. Like That's what I later things in the menu that, in order to make it, like to skin a rabbit or whatever, you have to have a stone knife, knife equipped, and it doesn't consume the knife. That's what I was worried about too. Is I was like, oh god, this game is so brutal. It's going to make me use a new knife every time. No. Oh yeah. As long as it's in your belt. So I'm sure, McMaster, with my stone hammer, I could have uh, beat a copper plate out or something like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't doubt it. And then yeah. got a nice tan, you know, lay there with the cop. Oh, right, right. Exactly. Because that's probably – yeah, that's, what else are you going to do on the raft? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I feel I would be remiss if I did not mention the game's soundtrack. Uh, oh, God, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Like, I did not expect – kind of the level of soundtrack on it there's like an actual soundtrack to it it's not like a like just a you know synth thing or whatever it's like a dude playing guitar and yeah, singing and not just ambient music right he's singing like he's, he's like yeah, some yeah. Old blues singer yeah right yeah it's it's not bad it's interesting because you, you know it's, it's specifically you know uh i think i notice it the most when you're on the river uh but like you uh yeah going down the river listening to some you know crazy jangly guitar playing and uh, some dude singing a song and it's uh it's kind of cool uh they uh they've done a pretty interesting an interesting uh kind of thing with their soundtrack it's unusual to have uh actual soundtrack the soundtrack it. and as you mentioned the graphics uh, are very kind of cutesy right they're not don't starve cartoony but they've definitely got a, no. a, a distinct cartoony element to them and just the conceit of going down the river. Like, those are three very strong elements in it. Right. Uh, I think this game's going to do pretty well. I mean, it's 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 a lot of fun. My concern, though, McMaster, is that because it's got, like, a permadeath thing, I was trying – you can do an endless mode. 
there's a campaign mode, and I'm not quite sure why it's called that. I guess, oh, I guess because you just go down ten lengths of the river, and then you've won. Uh, And you can play campaign mode on survival, which has uh, scarce resources, and of course course permadeath. Uh, And there's an easier mode called uh, baby mode, or whatever, Mm -hmm. where there are more plentiful resources. Uh, It says it has saved checkpoints, but I still died. I don't know what those mean. Um, But I I eventually quit beating my head against the survival mode and dying in the first two days and went to the easy mode thinking – and by the way, I'm doing the same thing in XCOM – thinking I'm going to play this easy mode so I can learn the game's systems. So I can figure out things like how the traps work, how I'm Mm -hmm. finally going to make penicillin, how I can keep myself supplied with clean water. Once I learn those things in the easy mode, I'm then going to play on the harder mode. Um, no. And that's what I'm doing with XCOM 2, is there's a lot of great systems and resources in that that I want to explore and figure out how they work so that I know what I'm doing when I play XCOM on the harder modes. Uh, but I just don't buy it. I think you're not going to do that. No. I think you're going to just play it on up. easy. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to do? Just play it on easy and then be like, oh, I'm going to move on to another game. Shut up! <laughs> But at least I'll win. That's true. <laughs> the thing about you, you might be right with XCOM. Because you play XCOM, that's like a 30-hour experience. Oh, Fl- yeah. Flame in the Flood, nah, you know, yeah. it's an hour or two. So right. it's, it's one of those kind of short, brutal, nasty roguelikes. Um, and, you know, I could see playing XCOM a few times too, through to, like, on a harder difficulty level. Uh, I, I think there would be a point where I'd be like, fuck this, I'm going back to Curious uh, X- no, wait, what's it even called? Expedition. Curious Expeditions? What the heck is that called? I don't Renown- know. No, Renowned Explorers. Oh, Renowned Explorers, yeah. 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 <laughs> Curious Expeditions. It's like, no. is that a setting in XCOM? That's bizarre. <laughs> don't laugh at me, Master. There's a, a retro, like, pixel art game with randomized, explorable new worlds called Curious Expeditions. Oh, okay. Uh, it's in early access. You can play it. Renowned Explorers is actually they're very different but i conflated the two of them in my mind for a while. yeah yeah i know it just it's just i was like man what what mode is that in xcom i gotta get this Ooh, curious expedition all right McMaster, i am now going to tell you about a board game all right so i've been playing something and here's how i'm tying this into february horror uh, uh month horror february uh do you know a game called Arkham Horror? Oh, yes. <laughs> so Arkham Horror, indubitably horror-themed. Uh, you you have a character, and you run around Arkham, and you turn over these cards that have text, and you have to beat certain challenges, and monsters stalk you, and, and eventually you get your character super powerful, and you fight Cthulhu or whatever. Uh, the guy who made Arkham Horror, is called, his name is Richard, I'm going to screw this up, Lanus? Or Lanius. I think it's Lanius. Uh, his latest game is called Legends of the American West. And Legends of the American West takes – it's not its not nearly as ramshackle as Arkham Horror. I, I was going to say, uh, first got to know, how long does it take to play? <laughs> it's not an Arkham Horror thing at all. How many players do you need to play? Yeah. 18? Exactly, and it's not like where you can't – like if you've only got two people, you're just doomed to get eaten by Cthulhu. Uh, this is also not a co-op game. It's competitive, where you and up to seven players, uh, you and up to six players, the maximum is seven, uh, sit at a table, and it's it's entirely card-based. And you're vying for these different cards 
that you then lay out in a row as, as a tableau in front of you, and it represents your character's life, uh, or, or as they call it at the end of the game, your legend. Uh, and you begin by laying down some cards that are your upbringing, and then you, there's a central board with cards on it, and all the players go on different adventures, and they try to claim the adventures. You earn resources like happiness or fame or wealth, and you spend those buying what are called rewards, and all of these get arranged into your character's legend. And at the end of the game, whoever has the legend worth the most points wins the game. So, McMaster, what you and I are going to do is we're going to play this game. Uh, I have just dealt – I've gotten 16 random cards from the game. I'm going to shuffle them up and just alternately deal some to you and some to me. Just so people know it's fair, listen to this. Here you can, this is me oh, shuffling the deck of cards, completely random. There we go. Let me shuffle it one more time. All right. I'm cutting the deck. Okay, McMaster. And again, just so you know, this isn't rigged. Pick. I'm thinking of a number. Wait, I can't. That can't be right. How can we do this? You know what? Okay, I'm thinking of a number between one and two. <laughs> if you guess that number, you get the first card. If you don't guess that number, I get the first card. And what I'm going to do is just flip over the cards, alternating which one you get, which one I get, and we're going to build our legends of the American frontier, of the American West. Okay. Okay, so I'm thinking of a number. McMaster, between, pick a number between one and two. Two. Nope, I was thinking of one. So I get oh. the first card. And it's random, so we'll just see. All right, I'm turning over the cards. So, McMaster, this is going to be my storyline. We're going to have yours as well. McMaster, I just rescued the Donner Party. What? Yep, that's the first thing. So, uh, you know, those are the people that ate each other in the Donner Pass. I oh, oh yes. Yeah. Okay, McMaster, here's one for you. I'm turning over the next one. Oh, donated false relics to a museum. Ouch. McMaster, that's worth a negative four victory points, by the way. That's, that's not cool. Why would you do such a thing? All right, here's my turn. <sighs> it's a hard time, man. Join the Texas Rangers to bring bandits to justice. So not only did I rescue the Donner Party, I'm now part of the Texas Rangers. Here's the next one. You, McMaster? Ooh, related to Benedict Arnold. Ugh. Oh, God. It's a hard world, God. Can't flip it over the next one. Ooh, invent and make legendary a large knife. Obviously the, a reference to Bowie. Uh, the, not, chick, not the chick knife. No, no, right, the chick knife doesn't have the same right as Bowie knife. It really doesn't. You know what, give it a century or so, I'm sure. It'll <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be better. All right, Master, here's your next thing. Ooh, your frontier ways are mocked in Washington. <clears throat> McMaster, you have to discard all your status tokens. You'll be like my my authentic frontier gibberish, like Gabby Hayes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're mocking it in Washington. You now have no more status tokens. Rarit. Okay, here's my next card. Fight the fire, destroying New Orleans. It's mm. a noble pursuit. I'm saving New Orleans. Worth three victory points, by the way. Gosh, that's good. All right, McMaster, here you go. Ooh. Mauled by a bear. Uh, that just adds to my uh, legend. I don't know. You got revenanted. Uh, <laughs> Pretty hard. <laughs> you know what this does, McMaster? Lose a point of personality. I think the scarring has made you like uh, less charismatic. Ouch. Hmm. That's hurtful. Here's my next one. Marry a charming aristocrat from Boston. That's sweet. I just gained a point of personality from that, by the way. Lend it to me. McMaster... Ooh, your trading post is robbed. What? Discard all wealth. 
So what kind only, of jerk would do that? I know. Not only do you lose all your status from your frontier ways being mocked in Washington, you now lost all your wealth because your trading post is robbed. You also lose oh. a point of capitalism. Your capitalism score just plummeted. Oh. Oh, look here. Man, these cards are being nice to me. Whereas your trading post got robbed, I just struck gold in California. Hmm. Gaining a lot of wealth and some fame. I'm having my doubts about the uh, fairness of this game. No, you heard me shuffle the cards. I mean, this is just... That's that's true. Yeah. Okay, I'm flipping over the next one. Is this yours or mine? I forgot. Oh, this one's yours. Refused to support the nuns? Oh, one of my Richard Dawkins? That's not cool. That is, oh my god, why would you refuse to support nuns? <laughs> Sam Harris told me not to. Jeez, McMaster. Wow. <laughs> oh, you lose a point of devoutness for that one, by the way. Mm. Alright, McMaster, here we go. There's only a few more cards left. This one is, I think, mine. Hey, if we keep going way. like this, Daniel Day-Lewis is going to have to play me in the movie. Gangs in New York? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know, um, there will be blood and all that. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> okay, McMaster, here's my next card. Oh, my God. I hit the jackpot. Nominated for President oh. of the United States. Finally. Maybe not one, but nominated. Wow. Uh, oh, whew. man, it's been a whirlwind ride for you. That's a big one. Jeez. Yeah, that's a nice, yeah. All right, McMaster, here's one for you. Ooh, in wilderness so long, thought by all to be dead. Hmm. See, that's not necessarily a negative. <laughs> well, it, let me read the effects. Let's see, you lose two wealth, two fame, two happiness, and two status. Or you can reduce one of your skills by one point. Uh, you know, we're going to take that to your personality. So your personality <laughs> is now negative one. Kind of, kind of, might as well, you know. All right, final cards, McMaster. There's only two left in the deck. This one's mine. Oh, live to a ripe old age and be considered a national treasure. Oh, that's that seems nice, yeah. It's a nice card. Okay, McMaster, here we go. The last card. Is this yours or mine? Oh, this one's yours. Here we go, McMaster. Poor at farming, failed at business, and bewildered by life in general. I like that one. Man, McMaster, that's quite a legend you've assembled there. I'm going to have to drink somebody's milkshake pretty hard for this one. I can't believe you refused to support the nuns. That's my favorite. (laughs) Why would you do such a thing? I am a fantastic dick. Well, you know what? Let's go to the score and see what it looks like. Okay, so... I'm sure it's good. 5, 7, 10, 11, 14, 15, I've got 16 points, McMaster... Two, four, five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen, fourteen. You've got negative fourteen points. Okay, good. See, I, I knew, I knew I had this one in the back. Man, either you're not very good at this game, or I don't. Yeah, I don't know how to explain. That's just wow. That was painful, my master. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Can you even buy this game, or is it just a Kickstarter? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, the the company that publishes it is called Game Salute. Uh, I know it was a Kickstarter. I believe you can buy it. I think it's also available retail. Um, oh. We've played it a couple times here. There's a lot of just outright randomness. I mean, there's still plenty of interaction. There's this cool bluffing thing where you decide which adventures you're going on. 
you know, sometimes you're going to fight for the same kind of adventure. Some of them are group adventures where you have to work together. Uh, there's lots of cards you can use to screw over, over other people or yourself. There's a there's a, there's actually a card battle game kind of. It's very mm. short as far as the interaction with the, the different types of cards. It moves pretty quickly. It's well paced in that it keeps everyone involved. Um, but it, it, there is a lot of randomness, as you found out, McMaster. Like you you ended up with a terrible legend. I mean, I, I wouldn't wish that legend on anyone. Are you sure? No, nah, not even you, McMaster. Oh. That whole maybe if we took out refused to support the nuns like that. That is a little hardcore. Yeah. That's just you know that's unconscionable. Is what that yeah. is. Yeah, no, it's un-American, Refus- and we're talking about American. Refusing to support nuns. Yeah, that's not much. Yeah, that's not much of a legend of the American West. No, God no. All right, so uh, that has been our podcast this, this week, McMaster. I'm really sorry that your legend turned out so poorly. I don't know how that could have happened. That's just sad. Yeah, well. I mean, you know, it's just that's how it goes, man. It's uh... as penance for not supporting the nuns. I'm going to need you to drive me around now in uh, in the murder dune buggy stuff in dying light. Yeah, yeah you and you and the nuns get in the back. <laughs> are we going to party or what do we do in the back? Like me and the nuns in the wow. Okay, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I uh, feel like that's that's an odd choice of like people to bring along on your uh, murder dune buggy simulation. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you gotta be, you gotta get creative. I mean, after the first couple, they just become the same old, same old. So. Let's not offend any Catholics out there, McMaster. All right. Well, it's kind of hard to do a lot of the time. Eh? All right, that has been this week's podcast, uh, McMaster. Thank you so much for helping me elaborate on why this is Horror February. We've still oh, got a few weeks to go in Horror February, so lots of scares left to come. Yeah, we didn't even touch on a couple of horrors. What did we miss? Soma and Firewatch. Oh, right, right. Oh, Firewatch isn't horror. Is it, would you call Firewatch horror? Uh, it's. I haven't played it, so it's framed as horror, I it's thought. Just, yeah, yeah, it is kind of horror. Like It's one of those things like... Uh, it's, I don't think this is a spoiler anymore, but it's one of those things like Gone Home where you think it's horror as you're playing it, maybe, and you're like, <laughs> is this going to be horror? And it may or may not, by the way. Like I like... The, t- the note on which Firewatch ends, even though I wasn't crazy about it as a game, I loved the story, I loved the writing in it, uh, and I especially love where it does and doesn't go when it ends. So. Right. Yeah, I, I, I really want to spend some time, with, or I want to check it out. I just no, haven't. McMaster, no, play Soma. You and you and uh, Sarah McMaster need to play Soma. That's uh, yeah. my advice yeah. to you. And I love that. I even started a second playthrough before I finally had to back out and... and uninstall it because I realized I'm just going to play this over and over. I need to move on to other things. So I had to uninstall it to stop from playing again. Yeah, I'm actually going to try to play some of this weekend. Super beautiful game. I'm jealous you get to play it for the first time. (laughs) All right, listeners, thanks for joining us. Uh, We will be back next week. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by Jason McMaster, the infamous guy who refused to support the nuns in the American West, Related to Benedict Arnold, mauled by a bear, mm. uh, and bewildered by life in general. <laughs> it's, it's my legend. It's pretty accurate. 